Welcome to the Simplify Jesus Podcast, where we're breaking barriers through communication. I'm Bill Allen. This is my buddy, Matt Gunter, and we are going to talk about exclusivity this week. Uh, Matt, let me ask you something. Are there any clubs out there that you've just been dying to get into and they're just like, nope, sorry, you're not cool enough? Uh, I mean, as a guy that grew up in church, I don't know if, you know, the club scene, I don't know. No, no, actually, as a guy that grew up in church, I haven't really thought about clubs that I wanted to get into or didn't want to get into. I mean, I'm not opposed to it, I guess, but hadn't really thought about it. I've always been surprised, though, or or maybe not surprised, but um, enamored by the idea of the exclusive club. You see it in the movies. You see it on TV. They've got the big bouncers. They've got the red carpet <laughs> rolled out. Yeah, you're just kind of the red ropes, the, the, the red, red ropes, red. right? Right. With everything gold plated. Um, and you know, then you walk up like, Hey, can I get in you know, for, you know, I'll, I'll slip you a, I'll slip you a Benjamin Franklin here. If you'll, uh, let, let me in tonight. It's just, it's, it feels like a crazy scene for the exclusive clubs. And then all the girls are laughing at you when you got to turn around and walk the other way. I'm not yeah. speaking from experience <laughs> at all. Promise, it's, just, it's just the movies. It's just the movies. <laughs> it's just the movies. It's never happened. I mean, Bill, you're a uh, you're a musician type. You you played with some some pretty big names. You have any uh, any experience with the, the VIP experience? <laughs> not um, not because I was cool enough to get in or anything like that. No, I've been behind. <laughs> I've been backstage by sneaking through a few times. Oh, yeah. um, you know that was pretty cool. But um, <laughs> you know, it's funny. I've actually I've actually gotten invited to go backstage a few times to meet some some names and hmm. uh, uh, hang out and uh, drink and do all that fun stuff. If you want to call it fun. Um, <laughs> and um, it wasn't that big a deal. Yeah. But, but uh, you know, it is what it is. And uh, at the time I seemed like I was big and bad and cool and, and, <laughs> and uh, got to do all the fun stuff. So, yeah. So, uh, you know, cool man, Bill over here getting backstage with guys and <laughs> like, it's no big deal. All the rest of us, uh, little people are left on the outside. Um, anyway, <laughs> without further ado, welcome to season two, episode eight, uh, season two of simplify Jesus podcast. It's all about busting up myths about the church. And that's what we're going to do again today is busting up another myth. And the myth today is that the church is a private club, that, it, that it's an exclusive club that, uh, only certain people are allowed into. Yeah, we're hearing um, on the street where all the cool people hang out um, that the uh, church is only for people who have money to give to it, um, mm-hmm. or that the church is only for people who have their act together, yeah. um, or for only for people who have been maybe baptized. Mm. I definitely think there's a lot of people that think church is for those that who think they're better than everybody else. Yeah, or at least a lot of those people are there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I think people believe that church is for people who completely understand Christianity and completely understand God and completely understand um, what it means to live all that out. Yeah, I'm really glad those aren't the requirements because uh, I would not make it. No. I would not be allowed in the club. That, so that red rope would be locked tight in front of me. Yeah, yeah, especially that last one, fully understanding everything. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Let, let's walk through these one by one and kind of talk about the issues and show in the Bible where it, it's clearly not that kind of exclusive. So the first one, uh, it's only for people who can give money. So Mark 12, 41 through 44 says, sitting across from the temple treasury, he watched how the crowd dropped money into the treasury. Many rich people were putting in large sums. Then a poor widow came and dropped in two tiny coins worth very little. 
Summoning his disciples, he said to them, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. For they all gave out of their surplus, but she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. You know, when I first started going to church, I didn't have two nickels to my name. I Mm. was trying to be a rock star musician. I was trying to, I was just starting my business. Um... It, it, we weren't making much money. We were living in a, in a little 800 square foot house, Hmm. um, had our daughter. Um, if that were the case, um, I would have never been able to start going to church if, if it, if it meant that I had to have the money to give to it. Yeah. It wouldn't have happened. Um, Jesus, if, if it were all about how much we should give, uh, Jesus would have taught that the widow didn't give enough. Yeah. Or or wasn't uh, important because she couldn't give enough. Right. Yeah. And and we know that that's not true. Um, you know, what he taught was she gave the most because she gave out of the little bit that she had. And the truth is we're all called to give what we can of our time, of our talent and resources to further the mission of the church as a whole. Uh, we've talked about that before, that, you know, church is not just another money grab and, and gone into some detail of, of what the... Uh, what our giving is used for in the church. If you can't give financially, you can find another way to serve and use your gifts, but it's not about the money. Um, not being able to give shouldn't be something that excludes you from being a part of the church. Um, there, There is no, or should be no, inner circle of people who give the most money and make all the decisions. I've heard stories of that um, mm-hmm. and and have, have witnessed a little bit of that from, from afar of, you know, the, the big tithers get uh, more influence in decisions and whatnot, but that's not how it's supposed to be. It, uh, it should be that everybody gives what they can, time, talent, resource, whatever you got. Um, and that's what it's about. It's not all about the money. And for more information on that, go check out season two, episode two, about how the church isn't a money grab and what, what all that goes for, number one, and also why you don't necessarily have to give your money to be part of the part of the inner circle part of the group right and i want to point out as well that you you know you said if you can't give much then then you know that's okay or you can give your time or your talents or mm-hmm. anything like that which is very true but even then you can go sit and take up room in a pew and just mm-hmm. soak it all in if that's what you need at the time right uh, you don't have to give your talents you don't have to give your time um sure it'd be nice if you did and helped out we're a big family we want we need we need all the help we can get mm-hmm. keeping it all running if you can't, though, don't still don't let that stop you from from going and That's right. finding a seat. Just being there is is step one. Be there. Right. right. Yeah. Right. And let let God and the Holy Spirit do everything else. That's right. You and, and move you forward in that. Um, so the other thing, you know, it's not only for people who have their act together. And once again, even going back to that time when I had no money, um, well, of course, we can say I still don't have my act together, but especially going back to the time when when uh, we just had our daughter and I was starting the business and I was trying to be a rock star, I did, definitely didn't have my act together. Hmm. I mean, like I said in the beginning, I was in these clubs, mm-hmm. drinking backstage with these different artists and, and just having a party and getting myself into trouble and, and I, I didn't have my act together hmm. for sure. So um, Mark 2.17 says... When Jesus heard this, he told them, it is not those who are well who need a doctor, but those who are sick. I didn't come to call the righteous, but the sinners. Uh, Coming out of that time that we were just talking about, I 
am a completely different person than I was back then. Um, and that's because I started going to church. That's because yeah. I started getting into God's word. That's because I started letting that work on me. Mm-hmm. And who would have thought after 10 years of, well, no, after, uh, after a, a lifetime up until 10 years ago yeah. of partying and being on the road and, and, and getting into all kinds of trouble that I would be standing here talking about Jesus on a podcast. Right. That uh, goes out literally all over the world. Yeah. I would have never thought, certainly didn't think back then. Right. Um, that I was going to do that. I needed the church as a hospital. Mm-hmm. I needed to be healed from all of that that I was going through. So yeah, nobody really has their act together. And if any, <laughs> please hear this. If any Christian tells you they do, they have no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> uh, they don't read their Bible near enough. If right. That's what they're saying. <laughs> uh, uh, Jesus didn't come to help righteous people get to heaven easier. Uh, he came to make a way for people who realize they can't do it on their own. And, and you know, here's the, here's a little secret. That's all of us. Yeah. Uh, we just, not all of us realize it. Right. Um, check out episode three of this season to to look and to listen to more about that to t- take a deeper dive into that. Yeah, because and, and we we went into it a lot in that episode, but but like you said, nobody has their act together, and so the idea that you've got to you've got to get um, to this idea that you have to be be on your P's and Q's and have everything taken care of and in good shape before you come in. It's just not true because if that were the case, again, nobody would come. Um, the, the, those red ropes would be, uh, would be blocking everybody <laughs> off. Um, the next one is it's only for people who have been baptized. So first Peter three twenty one says baptism, which corresponds to this now saves you not as the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a good conscience toward God through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So just to clarify before I go any further, because that verse can be a little bit confusing. The act of baptism is not what saves you. And and in fact, Peter clarifies that. He says that, that it's not the removal of dirt from the body that does it, but rather it's the fact that something on the inside of you has changed. The you've accept Jesus, you've got the Holy Spirit. So that's what he's talking about with baptism. Uh, when he says baptism now saves you, it's it's not the physical act, which is really important. Uh, because if baptism isn't what saves you, then how could it possibly be a prerequisite for coming to church? Now, different churches have different traditions with baptism. You know, some do the sprinkle on babies. Uh, some do it at a certain age. If you go through these classes and whatnot, then you get baptized. Um, and there are even different forms of baptism. There's the sprinkle, there's the dunk. But the important thing without getting into the all the differences in baptisms and whatnot, is that you do not need to be baptized before you come. In fact, baptism should be a representation of your salvation. Before you can be saved, you have to know about Jesus. And to know about Jesus, you got to come to church. So there should be no expectation that you're baptized before you come. That can't be a pre- prerequisite because then nobody would come. Right. Uh, my daughter was baptized at five. I was baptized at 35. Mm-hmm. It, it it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter where you've come from or what you've done. Mm-hmm. Just go. Just, if if you feel like that's something you're called to do, uh, if you feel like that's that that it's the right time for you, yeah, go do it. It's nothing scary. It's mm-hmm. professing your faith mm-hmm. in front of 
your peers, if you will. Right. It's just a public display. It's yep. like, hey, look, I accepted Jesus. And I bet both of you went to church before you were baptized. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, there you go. And now um, Callie, uh, being 11 now, uh, has decided because she was baptized at five, she wants to rededicate and get rebaptized just be, just in case, like, she was five and she didn't know what she was talking about. Yeah. That's okay, too. Well, I mean, and I, I didn't go through those steps, but and I didn't go through those formal steps, I guess, but... Um, I can, there was a turning point in my life at, um, gosh, that was four ish years ago now. Um, that I could definitely say like I was saved at a young age, but there was a rededication moment where I, where I got my life back on track. Um, and God helped me get my life back on track. And so, yeah, that that's awesome. I'm really glad that you made that decision and, and kind of recognized that, Hey, I, I need to make sure I'm committed here. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. And that's not to say you can lose your salvation no, or anything. She's not uh-uh. afraid of that. She just wants people to know that, you know what, she is definitely old enough now to realize what she's doing mm-hmm. and understand understand the concept behind it. Yep. And she wants to have that profession of faith again. Yeah, she's in. Yeah. That's awesome. So, um, in saying that, uh, and, you know, we're, we're, we're telling all of you that we've been baptized. Even, yeah. you know, my 11 year old daughter has been baptized. My son hasn't yet. He, he's, he's, he's still learning. He's still trying mm-hmm. to understand. He's still trying to get, get that concept of it. Yeah. And it's okay. It's going to happen in time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I personally, having not, not grown up in the church, I could mm-hmm. hear if I were on the other side of this podcast 15 years ago, mm-hmm. I could hear us saying, Look at us. We've been baptized. We're we're better mm. than everybody else. Yeah. Uh, and and that's that's not what we're trying to say. And the church is not for people who think they're better than everybody else. Yeah, definitely. The not. church is for everybody, and nobody should think they're better than everybody mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. Um, baptized or not, going to church or not, having a relationship with Jesus or not, um, Jesus made it a point to not hang out with the people who thought. <laughs> they were better than everybody right. else, right? right? Such as the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the, all the Roman, you know, the right. uh, the Roman uh, uh, soldiers and yeah. uh, the kings and you know everybody who gave themselves this title. He mm-hmm. said, "No, you're 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 missing the point." Right. Um. In in Matthew twenty twenty five through twenty eight, it says, "Jesus called them over and said." You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those in high positions act as tyrants over them. It must not be like that among you. On the contrary, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first among you must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus came to serve people, not to be king, mm-hmm. uh, big and bad going to going to take over the world. Right. He took over he already he already ruled the world. Yeah. Um and he didn't have to act like it. Absolutely. I mean, he was the son of God, right? I mean, he is the son of God. Yeah. Um and so he could have very easily come down and said, "Hey, you guys all need to serve me because I'm God in the flesh." I mean, literally he's God in the flesh. But that's not the example that he set. The example he set is that we need to serve each other. He served us. And if he is the son of God serves us, if he's, you know, there's a story in the Bible of him getting down and washing the disciples feet. Mm-hmm. Um, and all the disciples are like, wait a minute, hold on. You're God. Like that's, that's not okay. He said, no, this is the example I'm setting for you. Now you go do this for other people. Yeah. And, and so that's how it was. So there, if 
he, being as high as he was, didn't feel like he was better than everybody else, then there's no reason we should either. Right. We need to take on that example of wanting to serve everybody. Yeah. Um, and, and most of the time, we want to be served. Um, I get into the trap of wanting the easy life. Yeah. Right? I want to I wanna build my business up so much that I don't have to do much. Mm-hmm. And I mean that's anybody's prerogative right um but at the same time i'm not i can't just stop working and stop serving other people i'm I'm not going to stop serving in my church i'm not going to stop doing this podcast i'm not Mm -hmm. going to stop doing the things that i um, really and truly enjoy doing and that i feel like serves a much bigger purpose than myself um Again, doesn't make me feel like I'm better than anybody else. Mm-hmm. It's just something that I want to do and I feel called to do it. Um, so we need to really try to understand Jesus and his example and and make sure that we're serving people. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and the last one we're going to look at is that it's not just for people who understand the Bible and understand God and understand Christianity. and. In Romans 10, 14, and 15, it says, How then can they call on him they have not believed in? And how can they believe without hearing about him? And how can they hear without a preacher? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. You know, nobody is born understanding the Bible or the depths of God. Nobody gets it all. Um you know, there was one guy who did, and it was Jesus. And we've got a story of him sitting at the temple at 12 years old, um, teaching the teachers of the day about what the law means and what the Bible is. But that's it. There's only been one of those. Nobody else is born that way. And so that can't be the expectation. The way we learn about the Bible is is by being in church and being in teaching. Um, you know, and I could even make the case that People who have grown up in the church, such as myself, people who have gone off to seminary and gotten masters and doctorates and people way smarter than me um, don't really fully understand God. In fact, I think people that think that they do have put God in a box that they can understand and they don't really understand who God is. And so that can't be the expectation that we really understand all of who God is and all of the Bible and all of the rules and stuff, because nobody can. I'm I'm thinking about Job, the story of Job, mm. where he is talking about everything that he was put through. Um, mm-hmm. And go go read Job. Uh, I can't quote you the verse. Uh, uh, there's there's too many of them, um, <laughs> right? In 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 this particular story, but you know he was not cursing God, but he was really questioning Him yeah. pretty hard, and. He went through some bad stuff, lost his family, lost everything. Um, uh, and he, God spoke to him directly and said, were you there when I created the world? Were you there mm. when um, he put all the animals on the planet? Were you right. there when I put the stars in the sky? Were you there when I, uh, you know, everything in Genesis uh, back in the very beginning. And God made it a point to point out to Job that if you weren't there to see all this happening, there's no way you could understand yeah. who he is. Right. Um, Jesus was there. Mm-hmm. Holy Spirit was there. Angels were there, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, they might have a better understanding. We certainly have no clue. 
Right, right. And and we shouldn't try to put God in that in that kind of box where we where we think we fully understand him. And just as kind of a, a note on that, you know, Job questioning God like that, some people may be like, whoa, hold on. Job questioned God, what is this? It's okay to be real with God, the fact that we don't fully understand him. Sure. It's it's okay to say, hey, God, I don't know why you did this, or I don't know what, not even why you did this, but why this happened. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's, it's, it's good to be like that because he knows we don't fully get it. Mm-hmm. It's all good. If we fully understood it, what would we need God for? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, and, the you know, the question to this is, if we don't understand, um, how can we learn if nobody teaches them? Right. And it, it, if nobody's teaching them, it doesn't happen. You're not right. going to learn. You're not, like you said earlier, you're not inherently born with right. full understanding of God or the Bible or the, anything else that, that, that we're growing up learning or we're, that we're learning through the church. So right. the church is where we learn more about him. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the point uh, you know, it's a place where, yes, you go and you love on people, you love on your church family, you mm-hmm. serve each other, you, um, um, you worship together. Right. Um, but it's an opportunity to learn more. It's an opportunity to go and um, have questions answered yep. by people who are a lot smarter in these areas that mm-hmm. spent years and years and years studying this stuff. So yeah. Um, and so, what's the point of church if you already know everything? Right. You know, right. that's there wouldn't be any reason to go sit under somebody else's teaching if you already knew all of the answers. Right. And so that can't be a prerequisite. That cannot be a prerequisite to coming. Right. Um, so. Don't feel bad if you don't understand, because we don't either. <laughs> um, Jesus taught that he came for everybody. In fact, in John three sixteen, uh, which Bill had a little bit of trouble quoting earlier this season, so we put it in here for uh, just yeah, for gotta, reference. Got to read it this time. <laughs> I think I might have memorized it, but probably not. <laughs> so it says, "For God so loved the world." Or let me, I've got a different version up there, so I need to read the version <laughs> that I've got um, <laughs> since I'm trimming myself up. So uh, it says, "For God loved the world in this way." He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. And Jesus clearly says that anybody who believes in him has eternal life. End of story. That, that's, all, that's all it takes. If you, if you believe in him, you're good. And so that, that includes everybody. There are so many stories in the New Testament and the Old Testament for that matter. Um, the more I read through it, the more I see this kind of stuff. Or people who are the people you would least expect to be welcomed, welcomed into the nation of Israel, welcomed by Jesus and have conversations with him. Those are the ones that are brought in and that God uses. Um, and so Jesus came for everybody. That's what he taught. And so that, that's the way we need to live. So true. So true. So, uh, now cue the celebration music. We're going to jump into our favorite part of the show, the outside looking inside, looking out. Outside looking in my domain here when we were working through this my main thought um obviously everything in here is important but coming from a perspective of you know 15 years ago how do you even start thinking about going to church how do you even start um looking for a church and how do you know when it's the right time yeah well first of all today's the right time yep um Okay, maybe the church around you is not open if you're listening on a Tuesday. Um, but go on a Wednesday night. Go on yeah, a Sunday morning. Right. Um, um, start looking into it because, like we said, 
it is not an exclusive club. No. You go, you show up, you walk in the door. If it's unlocked, you say hi. You don't. You find a seat. Whatever you need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to be invited. Of course, it does make things a little more comfortable. Human nature, right? Right. Uh, you want to know somebody that's there. You don't want to walk in all alone. Mm-hmm. You know, one of my issues, I have a hard time trying a new restaurant if I've never been there before. Yeah. I'm like, well, what's the process like? I don't want to look like a fool when I walk right, in there. Right, right. You know, uh, is it a cafe? Do you stand in line? Do you wait? You know, <laughs> I, I want to know the process before I walk into a place. Right. Um, we get it. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. You've got to take that step and... Like Nike says, just do it. Just do it. I like it. Pretty uh, commercial there. <laughs> Pay us. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, fr- from the inside looking out perspective, and having grown up in the church, you know, first and foremost, everybody should be welcomed. You know, one of the reasons that the church feels like a private club is because sometimes it is. And it's. I'm going to hope uh, and say this with some confidence that it's never intended to be. We never want to be exclusive, but, but we've talked about it before, Bill, where, um, you know, there, there are times when people walk in and kind of like, wait a minute, I haven't seen you before. And the instinct is to say that and not say, Hey, I need to go welcome that person. Right. Um, you know, and, and it's like you said, sometimes it's just human nature. We don't like change and, and we're just thinking, wait a minute, something's out of place here, but we need to be welcoming. We need to be intentional about being welcoming. Um, and the other thing is that we really need to be mindful of cliques and little groups of people that can form in the church that push people away or the language we use using too much Christianese or anything else that may f- make it feel exclusive. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and being as real and as vulnerable and all of that as we can be so that anybody who walks in the door knows that number one, Nobody here is perfect. We don't have our act together. And most importantly, that everybody is welcome. We've got a couple of minutes here. I want to throw in a little story just to make everybody feel a little more at ease. Um, even if it doesn't happen the first time, uh, it's okay. Because mm. um, our our church, uh, Matt and mine's church now, um, my family and I visited the church a couple of years back. And one person stood up and said, hi, welcome. Never mm-hmm. seen you here before. Good to see you. One person out of 150 to 200 people mm. said hi to us. Yeah. Um, in fact, I stood, I remember standing um, in the in the breezeway uh, waiting on Emily to go get the kids from kids uh, Sunday school. And I stood there for probably 15 minutes mm. leaning up against a pole. Nobody said hi as they were walking by me. Huh. And we left and we said, you know what? We're not coming back. It just didn't feel very welcoming. Yeah. Um, circumstances changed, and 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 thankfully God put us where we are now. Um, mm-hmm. We'll talk about that in other episodes. Um, but it happens all too often. But at the same time, as uncomfortable as it is, it's not just up to the church. It's up to everybody to make the best effort to make people feel welcome, mm-hmm. or say, hey. My name's Bill. I've never been here before. What's what's goes what's going on around here? Right, right. <laughs> it's okay to put yourself out there a little bit and and to as it as uncomfortable as that may be, if you want to feel welcome, it's sometimes that's the first step you gotta take is, you know, not being the person that sits in the back row and slips in and slips out. Because then 
you may not be noticed or you may get, you may get missed. And that's, it's not okay, but it's understandable. You know, it, it, that kind of thing happens. And so, yeah, put yourself out there a little Mm -hmm. bit, but let me tell you what that also did because I was not the person to welcome people either. Mm. Now I am. Yeah. If I see somebody, I'm going to try to make it a point to say, you know what? I've, hi, never met you before. What's your name? My wife is very good at it. Yeah. She will she will make a beeline across the sanctuary to go welcome somebody new that she meets. Yeah, um, absolutely. Because she remembers what it feels like to not feel welcomed. Yeah, no doubt. Um, and so just to kind of bring this full circle, you know, everyone is welcome in the church. It's not a private club. It's not an exclusive event. And it's the same with coming to salvation in Jesus. We talked about it in John 3, 16, that everybody is welcome. Anybody who believes in him is welcome. And so uh, just to run through our memory verse for uh, for this season, Romans 10, 9 says, If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And, and it's really as simple as that, that if you believe that he is the Son of God, that he lived, he died, and was raised from the dead, and then you confess him as Lord and start following him and and learning more about him and doing things his way, that, that that's all it takes that's all it takes putting your belief in him is all it takes if you need more information about that please shoot us a note info at simplifyjesus.com reach out to your local church talk to somebody about it i know there are a lot of people who would love to help you take those first steps we want to thank you all for tuning in this week and hearing a little bit more about some of the myths we're trying to bust about the church and uh, we invite you all to come and uh, listen next week as we talk about some more myths that we're going to be busting up Yeah, be sure to tune in uh, next week and for the rest of season two. Y'all be sure to check us out on uh, Facebook at uh, Simplify Jesus. Uh, You can also find us on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter. Um, And if you need help finding those, go go to our website at SimplifyJesus.com to find out more information. And we'll see you guys soon.